0: Hey, Share Witches. As a small podcast and obnoxious comedians, we are constantly plugging and promoting our work. But right now we want to plug and promote some amazing organizations providing resources and support to our Black communities. Like Reclaim the Block, Black Visions Collective, The Ochre Project, and My Block, My Hood, My City, which is a bomb ass Chicago organization that currently has a small business relief fund for Chicago's South and West Sides that you should absolutely go give your money to. You should absolutely go give your money to any or all of these organizations if you are able, and if you are still able after donating to support us on Patreon or pick up some of our merch, we'd love that. But these organizations first. Enjoy the episode. Friends, it's your other friends. Welcome to another episode
2: of Shared History. History, because you're worth it.
0: Oh my god,
2: thank you. Just (laughs) me or all of our listeners? That was just the general you. Oh, okay. To all the people, you're all worth it.
0: I feel slightly less special now.
2: (laughs) Well, you know what, you should, because uh, today is a guest episode! Ah. We've got your hosts, me, Cass, of course. And me, Nat, of course, as well.
0: Uh, We have a lovely guest as well. Yeah, speaking of uh, me not feeling special, we have somebody (laughs) who is very special. uh, Oh my goodness. And very (laughs) special
2: to the Shared History family. Yes, she is not only one of my
0: co-workers at the Banditry Co. and a magnificent digital illustrator, she is also the beautiful artist behind our illustrated logo design. And her name is Sarah Cruz. That's me.
2: <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, you also did the animation for our scared history episode.
3: Oh, yeah. I did. That was also me, yes. Which was amazing. Thank you. I would hope so after all that art school.
2: <laughs> um, And you know, I feel like Natalie, I've been remiss. I've not mentioned the mummy or National Treasure or Nick Cage in a while. But the inspiration for our original logo design, Natalie, do you wanna, do you wanna give the like description you threw at Sarah? Oh
0: gosh, it requires <laughs> me to remember the names of the characters, but I basically uh was like, you know, like like we're one of us is like a little Marion Ravenswood, or whatever her name is, from uh, <laughs> uh, and one of us is like, like, we're like professorial, like the mummy slash Indiana Jonesy people,
3: and you and, nailed it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I have seen the Brendan Fraser mummy probably too many times. Um, so, actually, Cass, your outfit was directly pulled from the intro scene with Evie. Yeah, that's literally her opening outfit. Um, and then I put Natalie into a blazer because Natalie exists in blazers only. It's true. I do true. love a good. I do go, love a good blazer.
2: Natalie, one of my <laughs> favorite blazers of yours, because um, I have a running list going. Um, I have a lookbook of you and your blazers. Uh, is Most, one of them, as you do. Yeah, it's it's weird. There's a shrine. A lot of red string connecting things. Um, it's uh, one you wore for Jane Bond. I think it's like a like a like a yellow and reddish almost kind of like a plaid checkered with with shoulder pads, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. very tastefully done shoulder pads.
0: Yeah, they're they're very sharp shoulder pads. It's like a wing nice like almost.
2: Yeah, it's a
0: nice mustard tone. That was mm. actually uh, my sister gave me that. Because she bought it for herself and was like, oh, no, I can't wear this. But
2: Natalie can. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not long enough
0: for this. Uh, you know, sometimes you must be at least this long to wear the blazer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, uh, well, yeah, that was a, a, lot, of, a lot of intro there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> a lot of, like laser-focused intro. Yeah. yeah, I really hope that you have a nice
0: blazer-focused uh, story to share with us today,
3: Sarah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so sorry, Natalie. I have I have deeply let you down then. Oh, uh, well, it's...
0: I I might forgive you. We'll determine it later in the episode. But Sarah's gonna lead us off with a, a story
3: to share. Okay, so... Um, I thought that it could be fun to talk about the history of the Haunted Mansion <gasps> at the Disney Parks. Wait, the one from um, Disneyland? Yep. Actually, um, I thought we could talk about some of the different versions as well from all around the world. Oh my um, gosh. It should yeah, be noted thought-
0: <laughs> that Sarah's a huge, huge
3: Disney nerd. I am a massive Disney fan, but I feel like I have an excuse because I did used to work at Disneyland, so I feel like it's okay for Disneyland? me to- I I wasn't anything like super special. I just used to work at one of the stores because uh, I did that Disney College Program. You want to oh, know why? Okay. You want to know yeah. why
0: Sarah couldn't be a character because you must be at least this long
2: to be a <laughs> hey, character. Okay, they do hey, have hey, very hey, specific hey, like, I, physical requirements. It's bizarre.
3: I would like to clarify that I could have been some of the characters. Um, but a lot of people asked if I was ever a princess, and I could not be one of those because their height, re- height, like requirements are a little bit more stringent. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, so I could have been. I think I'm the right height for like Chip and Dale, and like some of the like yes. like the suit characters. My, my sister pushed I, over Rafiki at Disneyland. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's incredible. She
2: sometimes doesn't know her own strength, and we went as, like, near adults. Like, I think this was... Oh, God. Oh, I was
3: really hoping she was, like, a little kid No, and just, like, like... in fear, like, pushed him over. Nope, just an
0: adult bully.
3: (laughs) Oh, even better. We were either both in college or,
2: like, high school or something, and we saw... it. It was, like, Goofy and Rafiki or some random combination, and... Like, it's funny, but my sister, like, we got to, like, we lined up with them to take a picture, and then they can't talk to you. So my sister, as an adult, was kind of being inappropriate, but, like, just fucking around. Like, okay, guy. (laughs) And then she kind of gave him a playful push, and she knocked him over.
3: Oh, no. And it was really bad. (laughs) Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Thank you so much for this gift that you've given me. The mental image of this story is absolutely <laughs> glorious. So thank you for that. Sorry, Kate, I had to share it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She'll forgive you. Eh, maybe.
3: <laughs> okay, so yeah. So um, I just thought it would be super fun to talk about the Haunted Mansion because it is one of, if not my most favorite rides at Disney, um, and there's, like, a lot of really cool inside trivia and, like, history behind it that not a lot of people know about. So when you guys said to pick a niche topic, this was, like, the most niche that I could think of. So, yeah, I hope you guys are excited. It is not very Blazer-heavy, unfortunately. That's fine. I'm sorry, uh, Natalie. Okay, Natalie, you
2: can, you can do the history of Blazers in another time.
3: Great, cool. That would actually probably be a really fun topic to talk it. about. I'd love it. Like, I think most, most fashion histories are actually kind of interesting to listen to. When were shoulder pads invented? When were sleeves invented?
0: What necessitated the shoulder pad? What What historical event <laughs> set the wheels in motion that made us <laughs> need to protect our shoulders on a day-to-day basis?
2: You know what, Natalie? In- go go forth, find the answer, and come back and share it with us. I I
3: All can't right. wait.
2: I'm
0: gonna. You tell should you like guys research
3: it on the side while I'm talking about yeah. the haunted mansions. <laughs> Just panic research. Just, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to tell you guys the story of you know full full contact business meetings that led <laughs> to needing shoulder pads. But for now, the haunted mansions.
3: For now, Ooh. yes. Um. So. I guess just in case people haven't been, like you know, to any of the Disney parks, or maybe they've been, but they didn't take, you know, any time to go on this ride, which is a shame because it's very good. Um, it's, I thought it would be good to just kind of talk about what the ride is really quick. I like uh, the tone
0: of that, Sarah. Like, in case you didn't, <laughs> I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed.
3: I'm just, like, a little bit let down, and I would say even confused as to why you wouldn't go on this ride, but we don't have to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of the, the classic, quote-unquote, dark rides, probably one of the most classic dark rides in theme park history, and especially in Disney history, It exists in a lot of different iterations around the world at all of the different Disney parks. Uh, The ride, I would describe it kind of like a sightseeing tour. And it like showcases different scenes of ghosts or as they call them, the happy haunts, kind of partying it up in the afterlife. Um, They kind of present the house as like a retirement home for ghosts, uh, which I think is really fun. Um, And the way that they accomplish this is they use a bunch of different visual and audio effects to kind of create the spectacle that you then are experiencing as like a a tour group of this haunted house. Um, It first opened in the late 60s. And at this point, it is one of the more iconic rides. It actually celebrated, I think, its 50th anniversary in 2019 at Disneyland. Which was super cool. Um, I didn't get to go, which was a bummer. But they released all of this special merchandise for it. um, And they were talking a lot about the different history of it. Which we're going to go through today. How long has Disneyland, Disney World been open? So Disneyland in California opened in 1955. And then the first park, Magic Kingdom, at Disney World in Orlando opened in
2: 1971. Okay, so 50-year anniversary of the ride or of the park. Yeah,
3: of the ride, so it's of been the around original since ride.
2: almost a beginning.
3: Yes, yeah, um, but surprisingly, it was actually not an opening day attraction for Disneyland, um, because Disneyland actually started out as like a much smaller idea called Mickey Mouse Park, uh, and Walt Disney was designing this like clean, safe little park where he would be able to take his family and where other people could take their families because he didn't really like the more like carnival style parks that were available at the time because they were a little bit grungy and like not quite as safe and he just wanted to create a place that was nicer he was kind of being a snob is what it sounds like to me but like, he, I need he started park. <laughs> i need like my own special park named after my own character that i have made for me this park doesn't really
0: fit my aesthetic so i'm gonna like spend a lot of money and make my own
3: well, and then they yeah.
2: took that and really ran with it because there is, like, nothing amiss in Disneyland. Like, no, like, it's true, You don't yeah. even see people picking up trash. Like, it just disappears.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it started out as the Mickey Mouse Park, and then, like, as they started developing it further, uh, Walt kind of, like, went bonkers, and he was like, we could make this, like, a big thing. We could do, like, a big, big thing. And so it started to kind of evolve into Disneyland as it's known today. And when they were making all of these initial plans, there was always some sort of haunted house involved in the initial concepts. And once it started to turn from Mickey Mouse Park into Disneyland and they started developing all the little different areas like Adventureland and like Main Street USA, um, they decided that they were going to put the haunted house attraction somewhere along Main Street, uh, which is a weird placement in in my opinion, but uh, they were going to have like a little church and like a graveyard um, kind of set back from the main thoroughfare of Main Street and then next to that was going to be this super old run-down house and that was where they were going to house this like haunted house attraction. Um, but they didn't really move very far forward with the haunted house because they were developing so many other areas of the park at the time. So by the time they were, they came back to the haunted house, they hadn't really left any space planned on Main Street to like put this haunted house in. Uh, so they ended up moving the plan for it to, like, the west side of the park in an unused spot of frontier land. Um, and then they just kind of didn't really do anything with that. They didn't start building it or really developing it or anything. They just were like, we'll set aside this land so that at some point we can put this haunted house in frontier land. Um, and then they just didn't touch it for, like, two years. And so Disneyland opened in 1955 without this haunted house. Um which is crazy because, like, the the ride is so popular now and, like, people can quote, you know, like, the whole spiel and, like, they have, like, favorite ghosts and everything. and Yeah, it's like um, it's you, just, like, because there
2: is, yeah, they, they do have the sections of, like, Adventureland, Fantasyland, whatever, and then Main Street. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's almost one of the first things you see. Like, once you get past mm-hmm. the main Main Street, whatever, it's mm-hmm. in the main park area.
3: And it's mm-hmm. just a staple now. Exactly. So it's so weird to think about the park, like just existing without it because it's so iconic now. Um, But they didn't actually start doing anything again with it until 1957. So by this point, Disneyland had been open and successful for about two years. Um, And they were starting to think about adding new attractions and new areas. And so Walt and his Imagineers, who are all the people who work on the rides and stuff, Mm -hmm. it's also my dream job, so... uh, (laughs) I would love to do that someday. It's like, so if anyone's <laughs>
0: listening, uh, Sarah would really like to come be an Imagineer.
3: Yeah. Could just at Walt happen. Disney Imagineering. If you, if I know that there's a lot of Imagineers who listen to this podcast. <laughs> so, so many, do you guys just remember let me like, know.
2: Disney channel? Like when we were kids and they would like, like have little, like not commercial breaks or whatever, but like in between shows, they would take mm-hmm. you to like the, um, like you would see all the Imagineers and they would take you behind the scenes and you would—it was like Space Camp. Like, like you could win, like if you won the what's the Temple Run game? Isn't it just called Temple Run? No, that's the the app. What is it? Oh. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, oh yeah, if, yeah, 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 like yeah. the TV like if you show. Won that, yeah, you either got to go to Space Camp or Imagineer Camp or something. I always wanted to do that.
3: Yeah, but did anybody ever actually win those? No. I feel like. I feel like my childhood was like the time of sweepstakes where they were advertised all the time, but I never heard about them actually being won. Did you ever send anything into a P.O.
2: box? No,
3: I I did try to collect like Campbell's soup cans and stuff because I know there were a lot of sweepstakes for that. That's right. I
0: think I did like the box tops thing at, at one point. I actually won a lot of things as a kid.
3: Um, <laughs> not, right. wow. No big deal. No,
0: not like sweepstakes things, though. Just like I won like concert tickets, like radio call-in contests mm. for like concert tickets that I was too young to be at, like the 1998 Summer Bee Bash. It actually may have been 96.
2: I also can see you just being like like a little little six-year-old Natalie, like, I want to win this and, like, calling in on your, like, <laughs> on your cord phone 1,200 times just yeah, to be my, the winner. Yeah, my oh, clear, that? my, like, pink clear see-through phone
0: <laughs> that, I, that I used my, like, Girl Scout cookie money to, like, buy or whatever.
2: I have my, my own private, private line. Mm.
0: <laughs> no, I won Baxter Boys tickets. It's fine. It's no big deal. Uh, I never won anything as an adult, so... <laughs> There's still hope for you guys. I I have I've already peaked. You, you
2: peaked. <laughs> yeah. Now to That's the happiest now. place on we earth. I still love you.
3: <laughs> 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 um. So okay, so the first expansion that they were going to make to the park, now that they were like making bank and they were super popular, and you know they were kind of ready to add new stuff to the park. Um, they started developing New Orleans Square, uh, which it, it's I keep saying this. It's so funny to think about the park without New Orleans Square, too, because the other ride that is in New Orleans Square in Disneyland is Pirates of the Caribbean, <gasps> which is, I think probably the other most iconic Disney ride. Like mm-hmm. these are like my top my top two most timeless Disney rides. Um, and so, it's just so strange to think that they were like, oh, we'll just add them in later, you know? <laughs> and now they're like so huge. But so yeah, so the first expansion was going to be New Orleans Square. Um, and this new area that they were plotting out included the land that they had set aside originally for the haunted house because it was it kind of bled a little bit into where Frontierland was at the time. So they decided to just include the haunted house in the New Orleans Square area. And they ended up re-theming the, the outside of it to, to look more in line with the New Orleans architecture, um so they they made it into like an antebellum eighteenth century plantation style house, and it was actually mainly based off of a real house. I don't know if you knew that, um but the Shipley ledecker house in Baltimore served as a really strong inspiration for the exterior Ooh, of the huh. yeah,
0: I can't imagine thing. it. I can't imagine. Do they have like pictures of like the design before they decided to shift it to this plantation style cuz I can't picture like was it just like a was it just like a stereotypical like spooky ooky tumble down shed style haunted house?
3: Yeah, so um Harper Goff was one of the Imagineers at the time who was doing a lot of the exterior designs for the haunted house while it was in development. Um and when they had it on Main Street, it looked a little bit more Victorian. And outside. then once they moved it, and then once they moved it into Frontierland, I believe that they kind of themed it to feel a little bit more in line with like a Western, like yeah. rundown kind of house. Um, and then and then now, of course, they've reached the, the plantation style house for it instead. Um, and so th- uh, Ken Anderson was the one who designed it into this like plantation style house instead. And he brought it to Walt, and he was like, "Hey, check out this design for the haunted house. What do you think?" And Walt was like, I think it looks really good, but I'm really not a fan of how, like, gross it looks. I don't really want to have this, like, run-down house, you know, in the park. Um, Because by this point, Disneyland was known for being really pristine and, like, Mm. really perfect and stuff like that. So Walt very famously told them to tidy up the design and said... We will take care of the outside and let the ghost take care of the inside.
2: Ooh, that's a great quote, yeah. I feel
3: like. Yeah, so that is why, even though, like, even though it's supposed to be a haunted house, when you go and see the haunted houses, like the haunted mansions at the Disney parks, they all look like they're in like pretty good condition, mm-hmm. um, but the inside is all run down and gross. So then Walt approved the design once it was nice and clean and up to his standards, and then they started building they started creating New Orleans Square, and they started working on the mansion's exterior. But there was one small problem, because they hadn't actually decided what was going to be inside the haunted house yet. Um, they knew what it was going to look like, but they didn't actually know what the attraction was going to be. So the Imagineers, mainly Ken Anderson again, started to work on ideas for the story and the overall feel of the attraction. Well, wait, so they had the they house went through, before
2: they
3: yeah, even decided? Yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they built the whole, the, the main house, like the, ex, the facade of it, um, was was finished and decided on before they had even really decided what was going to be the actual attraction. Um, and so they started coming up with all these different storylines for it. Uh, they went through like several, I think, but one of the, the more prevalent ones, you know, when you research the Haunted Mansion and like its history was based around a former pirate named captain gore and he married a young woman who didn't know that he used to be like this bloodthirsty pirate and she found out on accident about his previous exploits and then he murdered her and then she came back as a ghost to haunt him until he went crazy and then he hung himself oh that's dark (laughs) yeah i know so that was like one of the original storylines that they were thinking about hmm. <laughs> implementing for this ride. Um, it's only a little bit messed up. I mean,
0: when I think about Disney World and Disneyland, though, my mind goes right to murder-suicide. <laughs>
3: right. I feel like it's a pretty linear jump. Yeah. Like a very logical connection Natural. To me. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, for various reasons some of them more obvious than others i'm sure they did not really implement this as strongly as they probably were going to at first a lot of the story elements are actually present in the attraction today even if the the actual linear narrative isn't as clear um like i mentioned this ride kind of exists more as almost like a sightseeing tour of a haunted house Mm -hmm. so there's not really like like a plot to the ride like if you go on you know the snow white ride or the peter pan ride there's you're following like the plot of those films but you're not really following any sort of story for this um and they still kept in different parts of it that in the stretching room at the very beginning of the ride uh there's a part where like all this lightning and thunder will crash and it's revealed that there's a hanging man in the rafters Um, So that is a remnant of this original storyline. The bride who lives in the attic is also a remnant of this. And then um, a smaller, more subtle one is that in the Disneyland California Haunted Mansion, if you look at the outside of the house, the weather vane on the house is a sailing ship, which is also a reference to this old Mm storyline. And then I have one more fun fact about it, you know, originally being tied into Pirate's So if you're in New Orleans Square and you go down to, like, the lowest area of those, like, steps Mm -hmm. that are right in front of the Haunted Mansion, you will eventually come across this bricked-up archway. And it says 1764 at the top of it. And this was part of this whole huge interconnected story where, like, you know, there was a pirate captain who owned the mansion and then there's Pirates of the Caribbean nearby, um, which was originally going to be a wax figure walkthrough um way more more boring yeah can you imagine turning Um,
0: a wax figure walkthrough into a multi-filmed into a water ride
3: yeah oh my god yeah i wish they would do that with hall of presidents yeah (laughs) i've been waiting um uh, so they were gonna have this like almost like a a secret crypt slash like pirate stash tunnel area Um, That was going to be kind of underneath the mansion and was going to connect you to where Tom Sawyer's island is now. Um, Just to kind of make everything about pirates, like almost like a pirate underbelly for New Orleans Square. Ooh, that's so cool. Yeah, but since they gave up on like the whole pirate backstory for the mansion, uh, they didn't really end up building it. Uh, But it would have been really cool because it was inspired by like the Paris catacombs. Oh, well, uh,
2: that's also... I never went to Tom Sawyer's Island because you have to like get on the ferry boat and
3: it yeah. Was I mean, if it makes you feel any better, like I have been to the park a lot. Like I went a lot while I was working there, and I never went to Tom Sawyer's Island. Yeah. what are you doing? So don't do on don't there? feel bad. It's like I think of it more for like kids because it's it's almost like a really cool. I don't want to call it a playground, but there's a lot of like road bridges and like tunnels and you stuff. You just get there, and somebody like a you explore and area. And tells you to start painting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there was there was originally all of this cool interconnected pirate lore that they were going to incorporate for the haunted mansion, but, but they um, as time out, went on, they yeah, I know. I'm so disappointed. I think they have enough pirate stuff there though, so it's okay. Hold um, on, I have a quick question. Yes. So you worked at Disneyland?
2: I did. Can you tell us about the tunnels?
3: So, um actually the they're called utilidors and they don't <laughs> it, and they don't actually exist at Disneyland. They actually only exist in Orlando. Oh. Mhm. Yeah. Um, so I had some underground corridors because I was actually stationed This was so annoying. They put me right outside the park. They put me in downtown Disney. So I was like steps away from the actual park. But I was working at a store not technically inside the park. But I usually just tell people I worked in Disneyland because it makes more sense than being like, I worked in Disneyland, but right outside of it in downtown Disney. It just makes oh it. It's I easier. worked in Disneyland's
0: front yard.
3: Exact no, literally. That was that was me. I could see the gates from like the doors of the store that I worked at. I worked at the World of Disney store in downtown Disney, if you ever go. It's too big. They they gave me my assignment and I, I was I was so freaked out. Um But so yeah, I I had some utilidors to walk through for that because it's like underneath one of the hotels, but um I unfortunately did not have the experience of the Orlando Utilidors. I just feel like there's more going on that
2: they're telling us.
0: I think I've been in one of the Utilidors in in Orlando. My high school choir would every other year go and sing for like the candlelight processional or whatever. Uh, like uh, we would always go between Thanksgiving and Christmas once they started all of their like holiday programming mm. and do a do a sing song and there was like a day that they were always kind of moving us around because we had to like, we had to do like dress rehearsal and sound check and whatnot, and then we could kind of go do our own thing. But I feel like I may have been in one. I don't hmm. remember. I was sixteen and running that around. That was ages Disney ago. World. Yeah, it truly was. It was back. <laughs> it was back when I was peaking.
3: <laughs> the end of the Sweet <laughs> six era. <area>. Yeah. <laughs> you were probably in one at some point. Hmm. That, that makes sense. That's probably where they would have taken you. Um, so uh, I mentioned that Pirates of the Caribbean was at one point going to be a walkthrough. Haunted Mansion was also going to be a walkthrough um, for most of its development. I think Walt Disney just really, really, really liked walkthrough attractions. I don't know why, <laughs> but um, he was yeah. super into the idea of, of making these walkthroughs. He couldn't, he couldn't think, uh,
0: he couldn't have the big picture. He wasn't an Imagineer.
3: It's true.
0: <laughs> he was their boss, but he wasn't one of them.
3: Exactly. Just
0: like he basically said st- he'd stopped animating before. I see,
3: th- I see the new goal for this episode is to now appeal to all of our Imagineer, Imagineer listeners.
2: Fans. Yeah. <laughs> we know who's doing the real work.
3: Exactly pander 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 i know please hire me okay (laughs) Um, so um okay so stuff's starting to move along at this point for the haunted mansion's development um but uh the surrounding area and the exterior are pretty much already done at this point and they still haven't quite nailed down the actual attraction yet um and this is mainly because uh In the early 60s, they were starting to focus more on other attractions. Specifically, they were preparing a lot of stuff for the 1964 World's Fair, uh, which took on a lot more priority than the Haunted Mansion. So they were developing It's a Small World, the Carousel of Progress, and the Ford Skyway, as well as the Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln attraction to bring to the World's Fair. So, um kind of devoting all of that extra time to those, prevented them from developing the Haunted Mansion further. So it's just kind of existing in development hell for a while at this point. And then the fair finally ends, uh, and so they bring on more Imagineers to start working on the attraction so they can kind of get it in gear and finish it. And two Imagineers of note who started working on it were Mark Davis and Claude Coates, and they started working on new elements mainly like story elements and different scenes and set pieces that they could tie into existing ones to kind of flesh out the attraction so they can finish it um and they were having a lot of trouble finding a way to make the walkthrough aspect of the ride work because doing so would mean that it's just a super low hourly capacity like barely any guests getting through and plus They'd have to have tour guides bringing people through the house, you know, on a set schedule. And it was just kind of logistically not super ideal for the ride. Um, But as I mentioned, Walt was like really dead set on having it as a walkthrough. So they kept trying to think about different ways that they could make it work. And they considered moving scenes around or like building a duplicate of the show building. But they couldn't agree on a good solution. So it just kind of stalled again. Because they couldn't figure out how to get it to work the way that Walt wanted to do it. And he... (laughs) This part's always a little bit shady to me. Because they kind of stopped working on it until he passed away in 1966. And then after that, they picked it back up again. And they decided to not do a walkthrough attraction anymore. And I'm not saying that they were specifically doing that because he wasn't around to tell them not to do it They anymore. killed him so they could get their vision. You
2: heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> the Imagineers <laughs> killed Walt.
3: This is the new hot take. Yeah. You know, the, the, the fake woke one is that he's frozen cryogenically underneath Pirates of the Caribbean. The hot take is that it was a plot by the Imagineers so they could finish building this damn haunted mansion, right? <laughs> So instead of doing the walkthrough, they, they moved on to what is known as the Omnimover style ride. And you see this technology in the Little Mermaid ride nowadays and in the Old People Mover attractions. It's just a, a walking pace, smooth ride. Um, this would allow for a much higher capacity as well as allow them to direct guest attention to certain areas and certain show scenes. And they named these ride vehicles the Doom Buggies. That's a great name. Yeah, I've seen, like, car stickers that say, um, my other car is a doom buggy. (laughs) That's cute. I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, So, uh, they they kept developing, they kept working on it, um, but they kept running into problems. Uh, You know, they've already been working on this ride for several years at this point, and it really seems like they just can't catch a break, because um, if you've been, the Haunted Mansion is like right next to the berm of the park, like the boundary of the park. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't really that much room to build the actual show building that would house the ride part of it, since the house is just like the facade. You know, you enter through it, but then you go to a different building for the ride. And there, there wasn't any room for them to build that. And on top of that, the berm is formed by the railroad tracks. So they had to find a way to get past the railroad tracks outside the boundary of the park so that they could have the actual attraction that you would go through. So the solution that they came up with is that the stretching room at the beginning of the ride is not actually stretching upwards. It's actually an elevator, and you are moving downwards.
2: That always threw me. I never... When I was a kid, I couldn't figure out how I did it.
3: Yeah, so um, actually... And this does depend on which version you're at, because the Disneyland version in California is an elevator, because they needed to get to that extra space. But in Disney World, where the Haunted Mansion was an opening day attraction and they had the blessing of size, um, that one does the roof does actually move upward on that one. Okay. So it's not it's not always an elevator, but the Disneyland but the OG. one is the OG, the true one is an elevator. So you actually move downwards. And this allows you to cross under the railroad tracks and then enter the actual ride building, which is, like, outside the boundary of the park. Okay. Yeah. That's, so oh, the wow. Isn't that crazy? So, I, yeah, so I'm the room, like trying to remember yeah. the ride,
0: and I'm like, my brain, my brain. Yeah,
3: yeah. They So they designed the room to have, like, vertical wallpaper, and that kind of aids the illusion that the room is growing instead of, like, you're moving down. And they designed the portrait frames to kind of help in this illusion that you're, that you're like, it's moving upwards away from you. So that was how they, they got past their issue of having not enough space for this ride. Can't and go then,
0: over it. Can't go
3: <laughs> around
0: it.
2: Gotta go <laughs>
0: under it.
2: Let's just build a giant elevator. The yeah. best way to get over a ride is to get under it. Yes. Yeah. This, I've
3: been saying that for years. Thank you so much oh. for agreeing with me. Uh, so so uh, they continue working on it. They've, they figured out how to get to the space that they need. But um, as they're working on it, there starts to form these two like disagreeing groups within the development team. So the two Imagineers I mentioned earlier, Mark Davis and Claude Coates. The ones that go well. had Shh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, they both had two really different ideas on what the ride should actually be like. Because Mark Davis favored a more family-friendly, kind of lighthearted vibe for the ride. Because it's Disneyland. And he was like, this is a place for families this should also be a ride for families. And um Claude Coates thought that it should be, like, actually a little bit scary. He was like, no. He was if like, it's a haunted blood, lots of Yeah, he, he was like, listen, if it's a haunted house, I want to see a haunted house. Like, I want it to be a little scary, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there were people who started siding with each one, people who thought that, it should stay more lighthearted because of the rest of the park and then people who thought that because they were trying to draw in a slightly older crowd with this ride that it should be kind of spooky. You'd you think know? that
0: they would have worked this out between the two of them before they killed Walt Disney.
3: Yeah. You know, I guess they just didn't have that kind of foresight. I feel like this was like a Macbeth, Lady Macbeth
2: situation where they're like, let's kill him. It'll be a great idea. And then they got to focus on logistics afterwards. Yeah.
3: They, they just a, had to get him out of the way, so it wasn't a walkthrough anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: and then but like, like no, gotta, what do we
2: do? You gotta
0: think <laughs> one more step ahead. Ah, uh, Macbeth.
3: Classic. You, it sounds like you're speaking from experience, Natalie. So that makes me kind of nervous.
2: <laughs> Wait, what, hold for on, murder? <laughs> yeah.
3: Natalie, I can't remember
2: what just happened the past minute or so. Did you call it Macbeth? Yeah. Or are you one of those actors that calls it the Scottish play?
0: I called it Macbeth.
3: Oh, okay. Is we're that not, a thing? we're not
0: in a
2: theater?
3: Okay, well that's true. Is that a thing? Is that like an actor thing that happens?
0: Yeah, it's bad luck to say Macbeth in the in a theater. Um, Why? I think because there were a bunch of uh, productions of it where like disasters befell the cast and crew. Oh
2: wow! Well, and, and so uh, it's a
0: superstition now.
2: Joe, sweet Joe, one of the bartenders at Comedy Sports, Uh, he's an actor and he will only call it the Scottish play. But I also realized he was a bartender at a theater, so that might be why he said that.
0: Yeah, that (laughs) might be why.
2: Afterthought.
0: See, you also need to think a little bit faster, Cass. (laughs) A little bit
2: ahead. I don't think good (laughs) or
3: fast. Your brain's just too full up of the publishing info for Lord of the Rings. You know what? I need to stop reading that publishing page. you have <laughs> taking up all the all the available brain space. You got to prioritize something. Yep. Um, I mean, my head is all full up of Disney Parks trivia, so I don't really know if I'm <laughs> just, allowed to just pass so any much.
0: judgment. <laughs> I've been enjoying watching Cass ask you a question like of a date or something and you not have to look at anything and just be like oh yes the park opened in this year and <laughs> this happened and whereas Natalie
2: happened. organizes her notes so she's like I know it's right here there it is and then I'm like uh, I think I wrote it down somewhere maybe
3: <laughs> nope. um, I do I do have to admit that the, the bulk of my notes and my research was done from memory so <laughs> that's amazing
0: I, that's going to be a great source list for this
3: episode. <laughs> just my brain. My brain. <laughs> um, okay, so there were the two different versions, right, of the Haunted mm. Mansion. And nobody could really agree on which version they should go with. And so another Imagineer, who has one of the coolest names I've ever heard, it's Xavier Atencio. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that man's in
0: charge of a haunted house, for sure.
3: <laughs> but, he went, but he went by X, oh. just X. Exotensio. Now it and sounds like
0: a now it sounds like a college like acapella group.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh! No,
2: don't say that. Don't ruin Xavier for me. He was like he sounds like the bad boy
3: Imagineer that came to shake things up. It's really funny that you say that because if you look up pictures of Exotensio, and I mean this with the most love in my heart, he's kind of goofy looking, and like well, he looks like of, the character Goofy. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> like he just i don't know. oh yeah <laughs> just, like, i see a what li- you mean. a little silly yeah like not in, like a mean way at all but definitely not all of the bad boy words that you just
2: used this guy's never worn a leather jacket
0: <laughs> he's <laughs> allergic to leather <laughs>
3: <laughs> um but ex attentionio just swooped in and he was like why don't we just combine both versions that's just compromise. And so the first half of the Haunted Mansion, you'll notice, is actually a little bit darker and a little spookier. And this is more in line with the Claude Coates vision for the ride. And then the last half of the ride is a little bit more upbeat and kind of silly. It's a lot more, I guess, jovial would be a good term for it. And that reflects the Mark Davis version of the ride. Well, that also, um, I took a-
2: especially for like it being like family-friendly, I remember when I was a kid, I, I would stand outside with my dad. I wouldn't go on the mm-hmm. ride. Oh, I was scared of it when I was little. Oh, yeah. And then, like, when yeah. you first go on it, especially as a kid, it's like, oh, is this going to be scary? And it starts off, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be scary. And then halfway through, you're like, oh, no, this is kind of fun. This is really sweet.
3: Yeah. And then you leave, and you're like, I conquered something. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure the first time I went on it, I was, like, eight, and I cried for the majority of it. Oh, no! And I, I, I didn't look up for most of the ride until we got to the end, which is the graveyard, which is where the most ghosts are. So I looked up at that point, and I saw all of the ghosts, and I just, like, noped ah. back into my mom's side. <laughs> like, I just, like, hid my face in her arm. It's kind of spooky! Um, actually... I'm, I hope there's time to talk about this later because the Paris, the Disneyland Paris version of this ride is like legitimately a little scary. And I went on it as an adult. I went on it when I was like 22. Okay,
2: I'm I Does that count as an adult?
3: I don't think I went on the Haunted House ride though. Do you, when did you go? Because it went under like a huge refurbishment. Um, um, it was but twelve, I believe. Oh, well, then I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe you just missed it. Yeah, probably. It was also really weird. Disneyland Paris is a whole different vibe. It's it's de- it's definitely much different. Yeah. I kind of didn't know what to do with myself when I was there. It's just it's like, beautiful, though.
2: It's just like Parisian parents smoking a cigarette. Like, go do what you will.
3: Yeah. It was it was weird <laughs> in, in a good way. It was just different. Not weird. Yeah, it's very different. That. It was just different. Um, so where were we? Okay, so Exitensio, bridging the gap between mm-hmm. the two differing imaginary groups. The savior of Disneyland. Yeah, Also, honestly, he pulled so much weight on that ride, because I'm pretty sure he also went on to write, like, the lyrics for the theme of the ride, which is Grim Grinning Ooh. Ghosts. He wrote that. Um, he did a bunch of other stuff on the ride that I didn't write down for some reason. I'm sorry I let you down, X, but... Know that I'm giving you a lot of mental credit. So, oh, another fun fact: I was told by a cast member who worked at the Haunted Mansion that the séance scene with Madame Leota acts as almost like a hinge point between the two like versions of the ride because it it kind of bridges between the scarier opening half of the ride, and then after that you move into the ballroom scene, which is where all the ghosts are like dancing and. Like, the music is kind of picking up at that point. Mm-hmm. So I was told that, that scene kind of acts as, like, the glue between the two huh. the two versions. I feel like that scene scared me the most. The The crystal ball oh, scene? Oh, yeah.
2: Really? That's interesting. Well, because her head's in the ball,
3: and she's, like, got that creepy voice. I don't know. <sighs> That's true. That's true. Um, do you know who did the voice work for her, though? X? No, I wish. Gave it to you, you know, I think every everybody has limitations, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure that sounding like a um a very scary female was probably not up Exotencio's alley. <laughs> but it was actually a woman named Eleanor Audley, who was the original voice for Maleficent and the <gasps> evil stepmother in Cinderella. <gasps> oh my god, I can hear it.
0: She gives yep. great evil,
3: right? That woman gives She's, good evil. She knows her type. <laughs> she knows her strengths. Yeah. So, yeah, so after they finally decided to kind of incorporate both versions and after they had kind of developed the ride almost a second time so that it would accommodate the Omnimover style of the ride, uh, construction started, they built it, and they completed it in 1969 when it opened. After the exterior had sat unused for many, many years at this point, probably close to eight years that that it was just like in development hell. Wow, so they, oh, so
0: crazy that they completed that ride just as America completed the ride to the moon.
3: Oh my
2: gosh, what? Natalie. Natalie. What year did they go to the moon? We went to the moon in 1969. <laughs> Not 1968, but the year, the year after. It was very low. I <laughs> Is this a reference? Oh, sorry. Reference? Thank you, Even Stevens musical episode.
0: Yeah, it's also a callback to season one where we probably sang it in too many three, times. In, in, yeah, in two or three episodes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that sounds like the appropriate amount of times to sing I that think song so. for a non-space related podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, in in Disney World,
2: there's a. Uh, the future land, or not future land,
3: but Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. They got space stuff there. Yeah, I think most of the Disney parks have that, except for Disneyland Paris, which has Discovery Land, mm. which is very cool. But I'm not here to do the history of that one, even though I could. But I'm not. We'll have you to be back. Talking About it. Yay! Repeat guest, so I can tell everybody more. Disney <laughs> Our parks. in-house Disney expert. You know that is actually how my family refers to me.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm only a little bit ashamed. Be proud. Yeah, I
2: got my Hercules Hercules jammies. Sarah, I'm only gonna ever call you X from now on.
3: Please! Finally. <laughs> but I will put it's it on I, a leather. It's, jacket what for you. it's what I deserve. It's what I deserve. Okay, so that's pretty much the 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 history of of the haunted mansion as it was <clears throat> excuse me as it was getting developed um, all the way up until it was built and now it just kind of exists at Disneyland at Disney World Disneyland Paris um, I know they have a version of it at Hong Kong which I can talk about in a second and it's just one of the most classic rides there now which is really cool and kind of funny considering that they didn't know what to do with it for such a long time yeah it was just hanging out yeah. Honestly, same. <laughs> Just chill. I too have I too have sat in development hell for most of <laughs> Listen, my life.
0: Listen, I too have sat at a Disney park and not known what to do with myself. So <laughs> I I empathize with
2: the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> um, I was there when I don't know if it was when the movie came out or if it was a certain anniversary, but they did it all up like Nightmare Before Christmas.
3: Yes, so it's an annual overlay that they give the ride. It starts in, like, September and goes all the way to, I think, the beginning of either January or February. And uh, they just do over the whole Haunted Mansion in, like, a Nightmare Before Christmas theme. Because
2: I feel like I've been to Disneyland a bunch of times. My mom Mm -hmm. loves Disney. And we started going in, like, the fall because we'd miss the summer crowd and the spring break crowd. Mm -hmm. So
3: that must have been when we saw it. Well, yeah, if you're going pretty much any time after August um, and any time before March, which sounds like about when you would have been going, that's when they have this overlay going. They Mm. don't do it in Orlando um, because most of the people that go to Disneyland are like locals. You know, they have a lot of pass holders and stuff like that. Uh, But most of the people that go to Disney World in Orlando are tourists who want to see the attractions Uh, as they are, like the original versions. mm. So you'll notice that Disneyland gets a lot of holiday overlays. Like Space Mountain will get one called Ghost Galaxy for Halloween. And then, you know, the Haunted Mansion will do this Nightmare Before Christmas one. But they don't do those over at Disney World. That's interesting. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do have some other, like, trivia and fun facts about the mansion if you wanted to hear them. Yes. But yeah, let's yes. power we do through that. some, some okay. triv,
0: some hot okay. triv.
3: So, um, and these are specifically for the Disneyland one because I did take like a walking tour of that one. So I know more about that one than the Disney World one. They are almost identical, but just for clarity, these are s- supposed to be about the Disneyland. Yeah, so don't
0: send us hate mail to our non-existent P.O. box. Or the Imagineers. Yes.
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh, and, I, and you know, for all the Imagineers who are listening, please don't be <laughs> disappointed in me for incorrectly identifying the, the right special effects. But at the start of the ride, there are these griffin statues at the bottom of the stairs. And um, you'll notice that there's like a line kind of on their neck, and that's because their heads are actually designed to be able to move <gasps> and like follow you as you as you go past. But the problem is that the speed that they eventually decided on for the doom buggies was too fast for the Griffins to follow you. So they started doing... I think the cast member referred to it as, like, Disco Griffin, which is where they were just moving their heads, like, really, really <laughs> fast, and it looked really <laughs> stupid. So they so they disabled the effect, but they are still capable of doing the movement. Um, the Endless Hallway is, <laughs> is achieved through a really cool effect. It's actually just... There's a mirror, and then in front of the mirror, there's a scrim, which you guys know what
2: because it is because you're, thea- you're I theater do, i people. do not know what a scrim is Ugh. oh so uh, then I, you're not I a theater a person theater Cass. person? i'm not a
3: theater nerd well, i'm not a theater person at all <laughs> yeah. so like i don't really know what your but you're but you're a wanna-be
2: imagineer so you gotta know this stuff
3: yeah
2: you got- I'll, I'll allow that
3: i'll allow So it. uh,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> a scrim is like a like almost like a gauze-like cloth
3: yeah uh, so it's painted that's used yeah, it's painted in a way that it's opaque from the front, like if it's lit from the front, but then translucent if it's lit from the back. So the stretching room that I mentioned earlier, where you see the hanging man and the rafters, when you enter the room, the ceiling actually looks opaque because the ceiling is actually a scrim, and they're lighting it from the front. But then they light it from the back when the lightning flashes, and you can see through the ceiling the ceiling oh. to the hanging man. So that, that's a scrim. That's cool. Yeah, they use those on a yeah they use those on a lot of Disney rides actually. Um, so for for the, the endless hallway, they have a scrim in front of the mirror to kind of give it like a like a hazy effect and to hide the fact that it's you know a reflection of the hallway that you're looking at. And then there's a floating candelabra in the middle of the hallway, and they actually paint the back of the candelabra black so that it the reflection doesn't show like in the mirror. Oh, mm-hmm. that's smart. Yeah, yeah. I love this ride because it's a lot of, like, practical effects. Smoke and that, mirrors. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of, like, like theater, like, stage tricks, which I think is cool. Um, throughout the ride, there's a bunch of different raven animatronics that were originally supposed to be the source of the ghost host, who is the narrator of the ride. Um, but they eventually decided to just have him coming directly from inside your doom buggy instead. So the ravens are still there, but they just like squawk at you. That's dead.
0: So Raven.
3: <laughs> oh. La- isn't it?
0: To so just be squawking.
2: It's the future they can squawk. Ravens be squawking. <laughs>
3: um, the so the 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 crystal ball lady that you were so afraid of, her name is Leota. And she's actually named after a real imagineer who also has Ray a super cool name. No 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 no. Leota Tombs. <gasps> that is, that Stop is, it. No, no, I'm not making this up. This is her name. Leota Tombs with like two O's.
0: I love it. T O O. That is
3: her. M B S. Yes. That's it. That's a cool ass name. Right? And she worked on this ride. Like she was destined to work on this, this haunted for mansion sure. ride. For sure. Destiny. Right? And she actually provided the video projection for Madame Leota. So the face that's inside the crystal ball. Is is that imagineer. It's and Leona then Tunes. we Yeah, and then we mentioned this earlier, but uh, her voice is maleficent. <sighs> mm. I think that's the most then, thing I've ever heard. And then on top this is like my favorite fun fact because there's like layers to it. The haunted mansion over the sorry, the nightmare before Christmas version that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So they re-recorded that scene because in that one for the the Nightmare Before Christmas theme she is reciting like the 12 Days of Christmas kind of mm-hmm. but like Nightmare Before Christmas themed so they had to re-record the like projection because obviously it wasn't gonna line up with the new audio and the person who provided the new the new video recording is Leota Toomb's daughter no. Kim oh. yeah that's like almost Kim <laughs> Gotcha, Natalie. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So, yeah, that one's really nice because, like, I just think it's a cute cute fun fact. Yeah. And then, so, the next fun fact. In the ballroom scene, there's all of these dancers who are, like, dancing through the furniture and, like, dancing through all these props and everything. And the effect of making them look transparent is called Pepper's Ghost, which is another, like, smoke and mirrors kind of trick. So the figures of the animatronics, like of all the dancers and all the other ghosts who are in the scene, are placed out of sight of the guests. So in case of in this particular case of the ballroom, they are actually above and below your doom buggies. I've actually seen them. Uh, they look really weird because they paint them They're actual like... animatronics. Mm-hmm. So they're actually like you're moving sideways through this scene and kind of looking down on the ballroom, right? And so the animatronics are actually just below where you're sitting and also just above where you're sitting. Because that's so weird. They just look like spirits. (laughs) Right, right. So the way that they do that is that they then, they shine really, really, really bright lights onto the animatronics. And then the room in front of you is lined with panes of glass um, that you can't see. And so what happens is when they shine the really bright lights onto the animatronics you are actually seeing the reflection of those animatronics in the glass that's in the room. Oh. It's kind of like when you're in the car at nighttime and like you turn on your phone and then you look at the window and you can see like a version of yourself. It looks like you're floating next to the car. It's it's the same effect. Those Imagineers, man. Right? They
0: they sure imagine and engineer things.
3: (laughs) Whoa, maybe that's where they got the name from. I don't know why you would say that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't think I could draw that kind of conclusion from that. Um, <laughs> and so these glass panes, I have a fun fact about one of them. As you're leaving the ballroom scene, you'll notice it's hard to see, but near one of the pillars, there is a spider sitting on what looks like a spider web. But it is not sitting on a spider web, it is actually covering up a hole. In one of the glass panes, because sometime in the seventies, a very unruly, very bad guest oh, no. brought a brought a gun. Wait, what? Through the park. Brought a gun. Alright? Ah the seventies. De- <laughs> ah the seventies. Things just aren't the way they used to be, huh folks? But uh decided to shoot through this scene. Um
0: Hey, hey Sarah. I, hey Sarah. Yes. Did yes. he de- did he did he decide to Shoot the glass. Is that a reference to something? That's a Die Hard reference. I'll see myself out. <laughs> a what reference? A diehard reference.
3: Oh, God.
0: Sarah spends enough time with Justin and I that... And we quote that a lot, so I figured...
3: You know, I, I don't know. I, I, you have to remember that I haven't seen you guys in, like, three and a half weeks, outside of when you came by my house to give us masks.
2: This is true. I have never seen Die Hard. Which I feel is very surprising.
0: It is. We'll have to fix this. We'll Let's fix do this. Yes. I believe in Sometime us. Sometime
3: when we're not all. A bonus episode. Quarantines. Yeah. yeah. Just like a live, a live watching of Die Hard, <laughs> specifically for Cass. Um, but yes, he did decide to shoot the glass. Um, that wasn't a very good impression. I'm sorry. They're not my forte.
0: I forgive you. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Um, so, some, uh, I don't really have, like, a solid explanation for why he shot, you know, in the rides. Um, some people have told me that it's, it was actually because he wanted to shoot the glass and see if it was there. But they found bullet holes on other rides in the park. So, who knows? But anyway, so he shot through one of the panes of glass. And this was a problem because the panes of glass for that scene run all the way from top to bottom, and to replace that, they would have had to remove the roof of the show building oh, to God. replace that pane of glass, which would have been expensive, and close down the ride for like a pretty extensive amount of time. So what they did instead is they just put a little spider on top of it to cover up the hole, uh-uh. and just put a spider. It's still on there. It. It's still there. Put a spider
2: Where on it. It's lucky the paint didn't shatter.
3: Yeah, honestly, it must be some like pretty thick glass, I guess. We'll have um, to find out. Know-
0: we'll have to shoot it to find out what it's made of.
3: All right, Annie, yes. get your gun. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no one named um, Annie is the-
3: here. <laughs> uh, this does sound super crazy, um, but I have actually seen the bullet hole on the other side of the room. <gasps> so I can't, I can verify that it is a true. You were like, on fact. the other side of the room. I was because I took that walking tour. Oh, I don't that's know right. I'm technically. So- yeah, I don't know if I'm like supposed to talk about it, but I'm not working for the company currently. So, okay, like, well, you team. know what they did to Walt, so just watch your back. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be careful. So,
0: we'll just bleep next... out all of the nouns in this entire episode. <laughs> oh,
3: good. That's a, that's a good idea. I'm sure. I'm sure that won't ruin like yeah, the readability of this episode. Be at difficult all. to do,
0: right? Just all of the nouns.
3: <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a good plan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Let's see. Okay, I only have a couple more fun facts for you. The main singer of the Mellow Men, who sing the ride's theme, is a guy named Thurl Ravenscroft, who also voiced Tony the Tiger. That's
2: Oh, I was trying to get Natalie (laughs) to do that. She she doesn't want to do it.
3: (laughs) She just shook her head. You just left her hanging now. Also,
2: whenever
0: we try to do things in unison, since we're recording remotely, I just feel so bad for Rip.
2: (laughs) He don't need to line it up. He can just let us look stupid.
3: Sounds stupid.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. Podcasting Uh, is a visual medium.
3: Everyone knows that. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. This is my first time doing it. So what do
0: I know? (laughs) Yeah, we can tell because you're wearing your pajamas. (laughs)
3: I wanted to feel comfortable, whereas Natalie and I are in fresh pressed blazers. Yes. Don't don't lie to the listeners. Don't lie to the Imagineers. <laughs> Cass is in a sweatshirt. Don't let her fool you. Why the, the Imagineers'
0: whole job is finding like playful and entertaining ways to lie and deceive
3: us <laughs> and make you cry. No, that's just Pixar
2: animators. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Uh, you can find references to Thurl Ravenscroft in the line for Haunted Mansion in the Magic Kingdom. You can actually find a lot of references to different Imagineers in the Magic Kingdom queue. Unlike all of the different gravestones, most of those are references to different Imagineers. Uh, like Raleigh Crump, Leota Toombs, Yale Gracie, Ken Anderson, Exotencio, our boy, Claude Coates, and then one of my favorites, Fred Jorger, who was really good at making rocks out of plaster so he was he was their like resident rock guy and if you find his tomb or his I guess grave marker it says that the way that he died was that a great big rock fell on his head oh which is like a, a little tribute to his his Aww. rock legacy he also made like models and stuff but I like to know him as like the rock guy <laughs> that's a great like ah I'm the rock guy right like what a cool niche talent to have. You know, is like just being really good at creating convincing fake rocks out of plaster. And, you
0: know, no matter what happens with the economy, they always going to need rocks. This is true. Disneyland always going to need rocks. The
3: the fake Disney economy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my final fun fact for you guys is that the hitchhiking ghosts at the end of the ride all have names. (gasps) And they are Phineas, Ezra, and Gus. Great names. Mm Mm-hmm. Gus, Gus, <laughs> Gus, Gus. I love Gus, Gus. Uh,
0: is uh, what you said? You had something about the. Did you have like a factoid about the haunted mansion in Moscow you wanted to share, or should I dive into
3: the one in Hong Kong? Right? Oh, oh yeah. It was it Hong Kong or Moscow? It was in Hong Kong. There's none in Moscow. All right,
0: Moscow doesn't
3: believe in happiness. Yeah, fun. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Well, I have a small section about like the, the international versions, but I didn't know if there was like, time for it.
0: But I mean, you know how small it is better than we know. If you want to power oh, that's through true. it, go for it. That's Otherwise, true. Okay, we can, can... We, can,
3: we can power through it just super, super fast. Um, so it's not international, but one of the other iterations, the one in Magic Kingdom. I mentioned that they are almost identical except for the outside because it is placed in the Liberty Square area of the park. And so they gave it a New England Gothic style as opposed to the 18th century plantation style of the the Anaheim one. Um, And then we mentioned Phantom Manor in Disneyland Paris, which is located in Frontierland instead of in any of the other areas. And I think it's a little bit scarier, but they also gave it a much more like in-depth backstory. So because they placed it in Frontierland, they connected it to all of the other areas and rides around it and named the town Thunder Mesa. Um, And that could take up a whole episode by itself. But the basic story of it is that the house, the manor, is owned by a dude named Henry Ravenswood, who was a gold miner and struck fortune in the nearby Thunder Mountain, which is where the train ride is. And he accidentally unleashed this evil spirit that, like, basically ruined the town because he was digging too far into the mountain, despite being warned not to. Um, So he was fracking. (laughs) Basically. And so his... His daughter, Melanie, was supposed to get married to somebody and leave the town, but the groom never showed up on the wedding day because he was murdered (gasps) by the titular Phantom of Phantom Manor, who was later confirmed to be the spirit of Henry Ravenswood, trying to stop his daughter from leaving him and leaving the town. So now she just wanders throughout the mansion forever, surrounded by ghosts who were invited by the Phantom for an eternal party. This version of the ride is so spooky to me because near the end of it instead of going through like this fun like graveyard like party scene like you do in the American versions you go through a town called Phantom Canyon which is full of like I guess the dead residents of the town and like all these other ghosts that the phantom has invited to just hang out with him for oh. eternity and like the the animatronics of the phantom are really scary one of them he's like not all the way decomposed yet so he's not like a skeleton, but he's not like the other ghosts who just look like people but blue. He's, he's kind like, of... he's like sinewy, juicy. you know, juicy, like from I the mummy. I can could, I could do that one. I could do that one. I was so excited. <laughs> we actually just watched that movie like two days ago. How? Because it's not streaming anywhere. Do you have it on DVD? I do. I have. I have a version that looks like it's inside the Book of the Dead. Stop it. I do. I found it for $6. What? I I found it at the
2: exchange. I've been wanting to watch that movie for literally years, and I don't own
3: it on DVD, apparently. So what I'm getting out of this is that there will be a back-to-back movie night. With Die Hard and The Mummy, which... The classic combination. Dude, almost almost uh, identical
0: films. Actually, we'll probably have to throw National Treasure in there because I'm...
2: <laughs> Natalie, you I, haven't seen The Mummy or National Treasure, have you? I've
0: seen The Mummy. I have saw The Mummy as a... As when a it U- came out, yeah. Yeah. You
2: haven't seen National Treasure, though? I've never
0: seen National Treasure. I can't believe you. Right now, I'm, uh, I'm reading The Da Vinci Code, though, so I'm getting ready.
2: Okay, I have <laughs> Just read like, every Dan Brown book... Except Origin, which I started, but I don't read anymore.
0: No, because you (laughs) get stuck on the.
3: the (laughs) (laughs) I love Uh, Dan Brown. We digress.
0: We digress. Anyway, Uh, take
3: Uh, us. So yeah, so so Phantom Manor um, is the Paris version, and the reason that the story there is like so much more emphasized is because since it's an international park, they couldn't rely as heavily on the narration for the ride, as the American counterparts do. So the ride had to have a very clear, like, linear narrative oh. that could be conveyed without really using any sort of voiceover. Although they did get Vincent Price to record some lines for it, which is pretty cool. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Actually, if you go back now, they took it away for a while, I think, but recently they brought back the Vincent Price narration, so at the beginning of the ride, you'll hear him doing, like, the intro talk and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I think he also did, does the laugh for the Phantom. Like, he does his famous, like, Vincent Ooh. Price cackle. Yeah. And then, yeah, so my last international fun fact for you guys is about the Hong Kong version, which is actually called Mystic Manor and is not themed to be, like, a haunted house because the culture surrounding death and spirits and the afterlife in Asia is a lot different than Western cultures. Oh. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't really go over the same way. Uh in Hong Kong, if they did it like they did it here, hmm. so instead, Mystic Manor is not a haunted house, and you're visiting this house of like like a like an old timey explorer like um not necessarily an Indiana Jones kind of guy, but like I'm talking like a British dude who's going around and collecting stuff and then bringing it back to his house and making all of these like rooms full of things okay, you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a really specific yeah, I'm sure that there's like a, a character, like a parallel character that I could I'm think of, to think, but because there oh, is.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, but so you're going through his house, and his pet monkey accidentally makes all of the objects in the house come to oh. life through a magic spell. It's really, really, really cool. I've seen videos of it, and it's a trackless ride. And because um, they had a lot more effects available to them, like new projection effects and things like that. Um it looks really cool. Wait, what's so a trackless you, ride mean? Like there's no track for the ride? Um like the they move, I think it's like along a wire technically that's embedded into the ground. That could be wrong. I'm sorry to the Imagineers who are listening. I know that's how they do it for the Tower of Terror because you move forward on that ride mm-hmm. and it's it's following like a wire that's embedded into the floor. There's no actual track that the ride vehicles are attached to. Oh, you're in that's a trackless style. ride is yeah, you're in a vehicle got it, got still, it. but they they're not they're not moving along like a rail mm. or anything. Like it looks like they're just moving over a smooth floor. Uh-huh. The Ratatouille ride in Epcot, or not? Yeah, they're building one in Epcot. Um, the Ratatouille ride is like that. I didn't know was Did a, a Ratatouille ride. If you have a chance, ride? yeah, there's it's Do You get to eat There's on only it? one. God, I wish I went on it, and they only showed me like fake food but i want real food yeah
0: that's just gonna make me hungry i guess it makes sense if it's in epcot to make you hungry because then that's 90 percent of what there is to do in epcot let's go to italy now
2: (laughs) or are they in france Um, they're in france how dare you my apologies to the imagineers and to ratatouille
0: and to uh budding rat chefs everywhere
3: Yeah,
1: but you're doing not them a disservice.
3: To <laughs> but <not to> <laughs> so, yeah, if you ever get the chance to, like, I don't know why anybody aside from me would ever spend their free time doing this, but if you ever have some free time you should look up a video of mystic manor cuz it's really 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 cool. oh i'm 100% doing that <laughs> yeah you should also look up you should also look up phantom manor so you can see that it is actually quite scary and i'm not a baby
1: <laughs> if you're going to start looking up uh, ride through videos just be careful because next thing you know 8 hours has passed and you've got nothing done you haven't showered. Your significant other is resenting your smell, and you are just going to watch another eight hours of ride through video. The most I mean, dangerous thing of, is why, recommending. Why are videos. you?
3: Why are you exposing my life
1: like this? Because it's also my life.
0: <laughs> Spoken like a true Florida boy. But also, uh, but also, you are you are implying. Uh, spoiler alert to our listeners: We're all still in quarantine while recording this episode. Uh, you are assuming that I am showering, and that. And that my husband does not already uh, resent my smell. <laughs> Look,
1: there are many excuses for the actions that I had just laid out. That is one of them. Uh, We're all trying to waste as much time in as many different ways as we can these <laughs> days. Uh, I will, I will uh, say, uh, ride-through videos on YouTube are great. Also, the Pirates of the Caribbean in Shanghai is wild. Yes, it's uh, crazy. And, uh, there is, there's like a billion other like YouTube channels for just like theme park history and stuff like that, which is, which are incredible. Um, I haven't watched in a while, but, but, but defunct land is a personal yes. favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes. defunct land on YouTube. It's very De- good. Def- and defunct
3: Land also- and the yester world is really good. Yes.
1: Um, Wait, also are those very names good
2: of parks or the YouTube channels.
1: You- the YouTube names channels. The channels.
2: Oh, now, like, it's such a weird.
0: Although I was gonna say, if there was like a knockoff Disney in Moscow, what would it be called? And then in my head, I immediately thought of Defunct Land. So. <laughs> well,
3: <laughs>
1: uh, also very good, and if not outright propaganda, it's an incredible commercial. The Imagineering docu series on Disney Plus. <gasps> By the I end of it, it it has you going like. Man, how am I gonna get to Disneyland, Tokyo now?
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, honestly. I I really want to go to Disneyland Disney Tokyo, especially um Tokyo Disney Sea, which is like oh, their sister yeah. park. It looks so cool.
1: Uh, I had a a couple of friends who went uh during like Halloween time. Ooh. And they just got all this like awesome Japanese candy from there. It was great. Mm. And they were oh, able to that bring sounds it back. Amazing. It was wonderful.
3: That sounds so cool. Well, do you guys have any questions for me about any of the haunted mansions or just disney trivia in general i have no I questions i just
2: want to go watch ride through videos for hours now so thank you well,
0: for
3: that my job is complete <laughs> <laughs> but wait
0: wait before you do Cass, i in my story that i will share might give you a couple more things to youtube what okay. what's this an ad interruption oh you betcha Cass and I are so excited to introduce our sponsor for the rest of this season, Raygun. Raygun has been called the greatest store in the universe by Raygun. They are the most important clothing store Earth has seen since the early Mesozoic era. They specialize in t-shirts and modesty. If you breathe oxygen, you'll love it. And yes, this is a real ad. And Raygun is a real company with real stores in the Midwest or virtual stores on the interwebs. Shop online at raygunsite.com, R-A-Y-G-U-N-S-I-T-E.com, and use promo code pewpew for free shipping. That's pew spelled P-E-W-P-E-W, of course. Once again, that's raygunsite.com, promo code pewpew for free shipping. You're very welcome. Okay, so I had a, I had a completely different uh, story planned for today, but then I remembered that we ha- were having Sarah on, and I was like, I bet she's going to do something Disney-related, and frankly, I'll be a little disappointed if she doesn't. Uh so I'm glad you feel that way. I was like, I'm going to do a Disney story, too, because <laughs> why not? Uh and I told that to my husband Justin that I changed stories, and he was like, "Watch, she's not going to do a Disney story now, and you're going to look like an
2: idiot." What if you had the same Disney story, Sarah? Did you t- did you text Rip? Uh, yeah. Oh, but I, I didn't. <laughs> well, Sarah does her job better than I do mine, so because I still never well, text here's, Rip. Here's
0: the thing: if uh, if if it was my story, we just we would be ending the episode now. But it wasn't my story, so we get to. Dig into something that I'm sure Sarah already knows about. What a treasure! Um, and this. Oh, also, since we're on the topic of uh, fun Disney facts, while looking for the a Disney story um, that I wanted to do, I found this disturbing fact: uh, Walt Disney liked to eat hot dogs cold as a snack when he got home from work. So
3: I I did not know that one, and I probably could have gone the rest of my life without knowing yeah. that one. Thanks, Natalie. Hey, well, you know, Disney's
0: can have a little bit of hot dog as, as a, a treat. Yeah, as a treat. <laughs> um, but this is about uh, this. We're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it close to home in okay. the good old U.S. of A., uh, where one of the best potential presidential candidates ran for office in '68, '72. Seventy-six and eighty. Wait, is it really? It's not Ralph Nader. Oh. Sarah, do you know who it is?
3: Tell me, Natalie.
0: It's Winnie the Mother F'n Poo. Pooh. Yes.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: Up. Uh, what? Winnie the Pooh ran for president as a publicity stunt. I don't think officially. Numerous times, uh, his first bid was announced in Disneyland in '68, and it uh, and they kind of just like. It was, like, kind of, like, a soft publicity stunt. Uh, it was, like, near the end of summer. But then they noticed that it helped bump park attendance. Okay, but Winnie the Pooh is British. Well, yeah. Apparently, they did not care. And like, how he's old is he? definitely not a citizen. I
3: feel like, at that point, probably not old I like, enough. <laughs> yeah. I like that these are your main concerns with Winnie the Pooh running for president, Cass. I mean, in my His notes... citizenship and age and- In In
0: my notes, literally, it says... Don't worry that he was totally not an American citizen. (laughs) (laughs) Or wearing pants. Or an anthropomorphized. Hey,
3: hey, the pants are not listed as a
2: requirement. That's That's true. true. Check
0: the Constitution.
2: That's also mentioned in National Treasure. No, it's not. Uh,
3: Natalie wouldn't know. I I I love all of the different interconnecting, like, inside jokes and references in this episode. (laughs) Yep. I mean so that's perfect. kind of part of
0: the course. The fact that you made it through talking about a phantom without us singing "Phantom of the Opera" is really a miracle.
3: You know, I was actually, I legitimately was expecting that, especially considering that before this we were all singing "Liz." But well,
2: mm. when you were talking about like now smoke it's my turn mirrors, to be let down. <laughs> when you're talking about smoke and mirrors and like theater tricks, I was just thinking of when the phantom disappears at the end, and I was like. Oh, the Phantom could be a good like crossover tie-in if they ever wanted to do that, and then realize no one except for a very small amount <laughs> of people would travel to Disneyland for the Phantom of the Opera Leon Haunted House.
3: I, I mean, all of our Imagineer listeners, I like. I think you should at least write it down. Do you yeah. know how many assholes would be singing on their doom buggies? Listen, the amount of people who recite the like entire ride narration really exist. Yes, and I hate those people. Because <laughs> people, people who are, are just doing you would hate people me who the are Phantom doing version. See, but oh, that's different because it doesn't I feel exist. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, people, people are do, trash. People will do Yeah, they'll do like the whole stretching room narration and everything where you're all packed in together and you can hear them doing it. Oh. And then they'll be on their phones for the rest of the ride, which is annoying because it's dark except for their phones. Rude. I'm only a little bitter. Uh,
0: well, you know, people are people are horrible and that's why you have to nominate British bears. The Pooh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so he, in, in Disneyland in 68, they noticed like a little bump in park attendance. So, you know, naturally the politicians then got greedy, uh, and decided to give it another go. In 1972 though, they dialed up the production value oh, Jesus. several notches. Uh, I personally love how like detailed they got, but, um. Uh, In 1972, he was officially nominated not only in Disneyland, but at Disney
2: World. Oh, wait, this was just at the parks? Well, yeah, it wasn't like an official camp,
0: but it was like, you know, stay on this journey with me. Okay, I just
2: thought like, you know, weird people are like, I'm gonna run for president just because it's funny. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Walt has a lot of strings he can pull. I wasn't sure. Yeah.
0: Uh well, you know, in the 2008 presidential election, Mickey Mouse received 11 write-in votes nationally. Only oh, 11. Come on, guys, only 11. 11 disconnected. They didn't plan it. Write-in votes from across our fair country. <laughs> That's terrifying. That's how desperate people were to not have a black president apparently. Oh my god. <gasps> uh anyway, uh no matter that uh he wasn't an American citizen. I'm talking about Pooh. Barack Obama <laughs> is an American
2: citizen. We've seen the birth certificate.
0: Uh, there. But so in Disney World, they like announced his campaign at Cinderella's Castle. Um, in Disney, is Frontierland Disneyland?
3: Yeah, they have him at most of them. Oh, Okay,
0: well then I don't know where which park some of this narrative takes place because. I don't have your Disney brain. Um,
3: Very few people do. But
0: this is like the level of detail they got into. They threw a big political rally event that they inv- that was like for the press. And they invited the press and they disembarked the train at Frontierland, and they were given a picnic box stuffed with fried chicken, ham sandwiches. You know all the fixins. Uh, Plus, they were given campaign pins, like straw hats with like ribbons that said like poo for president or whatever. Um, a handful of wooden nickels, which were which could be exchanged for like Pepsi's, corn on the cob, watermelon, you know, all of the American staples, staples of any uh, American presidential campaign. Uh, uh, they, there were speeches. There was a band. It was the Dixieland band from the park. Uh and then they and then uh they had the run of the Magic Kingdom until midnight. So then this would be Magic Kingdom's only at World, right? Yeah. Okay, then this would be Disney World. Uh his official nomination was announced at Cinderella's Castle and his slogan was Pooh in seventy two.
2: Okay. I'm sure you have more, but I've some things Several I questions. wanna say. Number one. Is anyone else running? No. (laughs) He's running unopposed. That seems...
0: Well, sorry. uh, Other people are running. They're called uh, McGovern and Nixon. (laughs) Thank you very much.
2: (laughs) Well, okay. Within the confines of the Magic Kingdom, he's running unopposed, and he sets his uh, campaign party in front of a castle. I sent a totalitarian monarchical ruler... I don't trust Pooh in '72 or any other I was, time. You
3: know, I there was, have been a lot of hot takes on this episode. I yeah. feel like Disney Pooh, as, Pooh Pooh as dictator. I think is the hottest of them. <laughs>
0: hey, hey, he's British and he's coming back for these here colonies. British, he's, British, He's invasion. British and
3: he announced it in front of a castle. Yeah, he wants to be a monarch. He' bringing it back.
2: I hope he lost. Uh, <clears throat>
3: Well, wow, Cass
0: Harsh. I, well, then you I believe you're in ho- democracy. <laughs> you're hoping for the disappointment of so many children because uh, he ran on the Children's Party ticket. Um although another thing that I read said that he
2: was the Demo poo sorry, demo publican candidate. Oh, is he a poo bear? Because it sounds like he's a pander bear. uh, (laughs) Ah. For the reason why I don't trust him.
0: I kind of think that the article I was reading made up the phrase, like, Demo Publican because all the merch says the Children's Party candidate. But I love-hate that way more. Wouldn't
2: republicat sound cooler?
0: Well, because here's the thing. (laughs) There, if. If if, if demo publican is a real thing, it's them trying to appease both major parties.
2: Yeah, I like republicrat. Republican. I don't know.
0: Capitalism. That's true. Um, but they also uh they also they held like a big convention. Um, and Sears had uh remember Sears Sears Roebuck Sears. Speaking of sweepstakes, <laughs> uh. Sears had teamed up in the whole in the whole promotion campaign and held drawings at their stores nationwide to select uh winners to win a trip for them and their families to the convention as quote unquote delegates
2: A veritable willy Wonka situation. yeah. Hmm. Where was uh, Willy Wonka from? Um, I'm looking it up now. There's just so much. This is just so much. C- controversy here? Uh, so they, so
0: they even, Pooh Bear even went on a campaign tour, sponsored by Sears and Amtrak. He was on the tour along with Tigger, who was his press secretary, and Eeyore, who was his campaign manager. And, like, this was, like, a tour that, like, like, went around. Like, they were, they were on the road for, like, two weeks, but they hit a bunch of different states. They, like, went up to, like, Washington state because I think the tour was mostly west coast. Mm. Uh and it was bananas. Can I just um, say
2: um mm-hmm. Roald Dahl, the creator of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, was British and Pooh's authoritarian British monarchical campaign um they're using sweepstakes uh like this British character because and no one else
0: has ever used a sweepstick.
3: Open your eyes, people. Sheeple. I really Come like on, your hat, Cass. What's it made of? It looks like it might be made out of tin or something. Yeah, okay. And that is the only
2: reason why I can hear y'all right now, because it's blocking out the sounds.
1: Thanks, Jane Rogan.
2: <laughs> okay, um, we're going to wrap up this episode, and then we're canceling shared history, and it's only going to be conspiracies from here on out. <laughs>
3: conspiracies and then repeat episode recurring sorry recurring episodes about different disney trivia yeah, yeah, yeah cool and by conspiracy theory the only th- i mean those are the only two important things that you need yeah. to know about right well, honestly you can do disney parks all conspiracy
2: theories about disney because there's some crazy shit
0: yeah also isn't a lot of history just like a conspiracy man hmm.
2: whoa
1: it's all about perspective man the <laughs> winners
2: write the history books
1: Man, uh, Natalie, I'm not sure if you were getting to it, but did Pooh have a, a running mate at all? He
0: did. That's literally my next line. Wait, can we all
1: guess
2: quick? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna
3: say Tigger. Sarah. I'm gonna go with Piglet.
1: Now, well, so Tigger was the press secretary.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Rabbit was definitely a libertarian. Uh, <laughs> Owl's <laughs> obviously a democratic socialist. I'm gonna go with Kanga.
0: Okay. Oh. You know what? I respect. I respect this. Is uh, it outside gonna, of
2: the sh- the no? It's, it's acre works. Sarah was
0: correct. Sarah was correct. Uh, his running mate was Piglet.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. It's that makes sense. I don't think
0: that's a but strong choice. But what's great about you saying that Rabbit uh, had to have been a libertarian is that Rabbit does not appear in this list of roles that i have at all.
1: <laughs> Rabbit was Cuz rabbit's invited. out in his cabin in the hundred acre wood off the grid <laughs> making his own plant soap my carrots.
2: I don't want to help Eeyore. He needs to help himself. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Pull yourself up by the tail that you nailed to your bottom. <laughs> oh bother. Oh don't bother me. <laughs> uh there's a newspaper
0: article from uh covering the tour though that said that where somebody said uh i think he should choose is before he had announced his running mate and he's like i think he should choose owl because he'd appeal to the right and left wing and i was like
2: "Uh." okay i got you (laughs) (laughs) I was <laughs> a little too a little too wise a little too like whispering in the ear yeah. he gives me like a Dick Cheney kind of vibe mm-hmm. piglets piglet you know honestly should run for president because he's more like he's a puppet let's be honest
0: well so Kanga is, is a woman
2: the... so he he can't win with her in 72
0: yeah well and and obviously like has to be too preoccupied with her child oh yeah to...
2: yeah not, not only a woman but like a single mother woman. yeah Oh, Um, God, I didn't even think about that. A single mother.
0: Well, Eeyore was the campaign manager. Tigger's giving me
2: Biden vibes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He's just there to have fun.
0: Uh, Eeyore is the campaign manager, which I feel like tracks because that seems like a great job for a masochist. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Christopher Robin was his head advisor. Uh, Which I feel like is uh, kind of specious. Super. Um, His cabinet... Owl was in his cabinet. Yeah. Uh, His cabinet was Owl, Eeyore, and Tigger. His chief of staff was Kanga. Okay, that checks out. With Rue as her assistant because child labor doesn't apply in the Hundred Acre Woods.
2: Or nepotism, apparently. Or nepotism does apply.
0: Yeah. Nepotism always works,
2: apparently. (laughs)
0: Um, In Tigger's role as press secretary... Because, you know, he's the most eloquent of the characters. Uh, he, quote unquote, he wrote, quote unquote, uh, press releases announcing various policy positions that mirrored real life politics. So remember. Um, well, they
2: really. Yes. I mean, they don't have anything in the magical world of Disney.
0: They do not. And remember, Pooh was running against McGovern and President Nixon. This is 1972. So his platform included a promise to disclose the, quote, bare facts. Oh, no. A promise to put honey in every pot. And a battle to lick the high price of ice cream cones and to make sure everyone has an after school snack and other proposals aimed at the youth. But also, like...
2: Satirizing modern campaigns or propagandizing, uh, what was everyone's? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm. well, you propaganda- decide. Conspiracy the the theories propi- are exhausting, creating them is
1: really, they really are. hard.
2: <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of mental gymnastics, <laughs> a tip of it. the tinfoil cap to anyone who has the stamina to keep up these conspiracy <laughs> theories. I,
1: I I also see here that uh, Pooh was for stabilizing a social safety net. Is that right? <laughs> Whoa.
2: Is that in your notes, Natalie? Whoa. Yep. That <laughs> really was in using my notes Tigger too. rhetoric to like sl- slide that in.
1: <laughs> Just like real sly, actual policy proposals. He's distracting um, everyone
2: with ice cream and honey.
1: Deregulate theme parks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Universal. I care. would, I would give so much to see an, an animated version of an episode of the West Wing but with this cast
3: <laughs> I'm on it oh
2: my god because I was thinking I want to see like C-SPAN or like some sort of like news panel like arguing about whatever but it's all animated characters but no so I like the West Wing better yeah
0: because oh my god CJ Craig played by Tigger <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm gonna do some art for this episode, but it's it doesn't have any haunted mansion stuff in it at all. It's just Winnie the Pooh characters like in a campaign. Hey
2: Rip, I'm gonna yeah. need you to drop a spec script of this, and we need to get cracking. Someone call Aaron Sorkin and let's Natalie, you do the logistics. Rip, you write it. I'll come up with conspiracy theories about.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> Na- uh, yeah. Sarah, you give us some artwork.
0: It'll be the um, conspiracy theories do. are like our like weird underground publicity for it. <laughs> we'll just call Aaron Sorkin. We'll call we'll get AA a. Milne on the phone, <laughs> uh, but it's
2: still gonna be kind of edgy. Like, yeah. like Tigger's still gonna be like, you're my best buddy, TTFN, and then be like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it so much. He's gonna bounce so fast down those hallways while talking. <laughs> is that a, is is that that a call- bouncing <laughs> talk? That's a bouncing talk. <laughs> um, unfortunately, though, in 1972, I guess I kind of already spoiled this by saying that he... Ra- well, he could have run again anyway. Um, Pooh Poo lost again. To who? Oh. Um, he lost. But... Wait, who did uh, he lose to? Uh, uh Nixon? <laughs> what? I'm so confused. Well, you gotta rub salt in the wound to lose to Whitney, to Nixon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Poo's like but i really am not a crook
0: yeah uh he uh he threw his hat again in the ring again in 1976 this time under the slogan winnie's a honey of a candidate which i feel like is better than poo in 72 yeah <laughs> well,
2: yeah yeah, yeah. But um, also, I think it infantilizes him a little bit. And also, let's talk about electability here, people. How many times does he run? And that's been a big word lately, folks. I'm uh, sorry. Now I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was Natalie, what's your take on that?
1: All right. All right. Hear me out. Yeah. Winner the Pooh. <gasps>
2: uh, Tigger, move aside. Not. We got to. A- <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Press I
2: secretary. I will not hear you out for that. <laughs>
0: Sarah's like, I refuse to hear. You I know. refuse. Um, in 1976, with this new campaign, speaking of electability, you know what what really uh, helps is you know you got to get that airtime, you got to get that recognition. Well, I mean, so, it's
2: it's expensive. Where are all these funds coming from? Is he in a super PAC or?
0: It, yeah, it's a honey pack. <laughs> Uh, it's just a little packet of honey that you get at Starbucks. <laughs> it's impossible to open. Um, but well, so he he used his super pack wisely uh, and invested in his own theme song mm. written and performed by uh, Larry Gross or Grote. Yeah, I think it's Larry Gross, um, who is a, like a popular like like children's songwriter. Ah. Um, so this is, before we started, I had to run away from the mic to quickly listen to this very complicated <laughs> melody.
2: <laughs> we signed on, and Natalie was immediately like, bye, I need to go listen to a song, and <laughs> this is Which what you're listening to?
0: Yeah. I told you that it actually was relevant instead of all the other times I just slip a song into something uninvited. Um <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna start a timer so that I can uh, stay within fair use of this song, or we could play, play it. We can just like drop it in here. But this is the song. I'm proud to nominate a bear who's been a friend to me, a, a bear whose name and stories is known by by millions, sea to sea. And so right now, without more words and or any more adieu. I give you our next president, the honorable Winnie the Pooh. Pooh for president. Pooh for <laughs>
2: pooh. And that's all we have time for.
0: And I <laughs> didn't even get the melody right because I was trying to go so fast. You did but more it's
2: of basic. like a Kesha sing talk situation. It is
0: kind of a yeah. it, it is very much like picture those um records. Did you have like those old like toy records as a kid? They were like plastic and you had like a
2: like I know what you're talking they were about. Thick.
0: Picture, like, any song that plays on that. You imagine, like, the man singing its name is, like, Randy, and he has, like, a cowboy hat on.
2: Um, <laughs> so can that's I, what. can I throw some happening. more hot takes at you? Yeah, always. <laughs> so if I'm throwing all my money into a song, first of all, that seems stupid. I'm going to go for Rafi <laughs> as the songwriter. The, uh, the guy who wrote Baby Beluga and all mm-hmm. of those beloved <laughs> children's songs.
0: Well, you know, uh, say what you want, but the song was nominated for a Grammy that year. Stop for best, it. For Best Recording for Children. And at this point, Pooh already had an Academy Award for Animated Short. So he was like the first presidential candidate, to my knowledge, that had a... Had an Oscar before being president or running, wait, wait, uh, because so, Clint, Clinton has a. Well, Clinton doesn't have an Oscar; he has a Grammy. Um wait, well, wait doesn't don't the Obamas have an Oscar now?
2: Oh yeah, they've got it a spoken word, right? Well, that was Clinton. Oh, sorry, Fred. Grammy, they have an Oscar. They were nominated yeah, for an no, Oscar. Yeah, no, they
1: No, yeah, they, well, they're the movie that they produced, uh, American Factory, won best documentary yep. at the Oscars this year.
2: Damn. Let's get him a, a guest spot on some sort of Shonda Rhimes show because he'll win an Emmy for that for <laughs> sure. And then yep. we just need to get him um, a Golden Globe, which might be a little trickier. I'll throw the documentary in there too. I figured well, it out, so guys. Let's... I figured out how to get Barack Obama and Michelle Obama an EGOT.
0: That's yeah. all you need. Well, <laughs> Pooh's, already, Pooh's already on his way there too. He's also got that Academy Award. Um, uh, he ran again in 1980, but there was much less elaborate than 72 and 76. He's too old and at here, this point. He's lost his well, luster. He did have a he did have a, an opponent in <sighs> in 80. He ran against Captain Hook, which seems kind of like a loaded race. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know the American public surprises you a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, and so park goers were like asked to like cast a vote as they came into the park, and Hook was Hook. It turned out was trying to steal the election and was caught.
1: Um, Look, all I'll say is Captain Hook had some very good points about truancy. Okay, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and actually, like a great healthcare policy. Probably not. Turns yeah. out, turns out enough of your crew get scurvy, and you <laughs>
1: <laughs> citrus for everyone.
0: And you really, you really start to identify more with the working man.
2: But also Who another British, work? another British Brit on the on the ticket.
0: This is saying more about Disney than, uh, <laughs> than anything else. Um, so, yeah, some posit, and by some I mean this one article I read, uh, posited that the Pooh campaign and its great success, and especially the 72 one where they went all out, uh, was may have been what teed up the America on parade debut in 1975 for the parks bis- or for the bicentennial of the United States, because that park was also cuckoo bananas pants. Uh, it was in the magic kingdom. It ran for two years. It had a telephone television special. It had like a, like a coffee table book and it also had a sandwich float, a television float, a Turkey float, a rocking chair float. And wall carpet, because that's what America is all about. Cartoon teddy bears running for uh, president and wall carpet. These are the developments that our founding fathers fought for. <laughs> Wait,
2: I just wanted, I want him to win because then he'd be in the Hall of Presidents. Right? <gasps> Winnie the Pooh He person. already has his own
3: ride. He what? has a full ride just well, for him.
0: He should be in the Hall
3: of Presidents.
0: <laughs> he, uh... He stopped running in '80 because of controversies over the rights to use Winnie the Pooh, um, so that sucks. But he's taking is... a step
2: back from politics to focus on his family.
0: Yeah, to focus on his origins, really. <laughs> um, here's a here's a button. Oh my God! Buttons.
2: Readers, I, as I, like, as, uh, I as a podcast ironically, Natalie just held up her iPad to the screen so we could see a picture of the button.
0: That's what y'all just missed. (laughs) But so that's that's what I found when trying to find a Disney thing that maybe Sarah wouldn't already know everything about.
3: That's wild. Would you hate me if I told you that I did know about it? But not as in-depth as you just presented it.
0: I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I anticipated that I couldn't come up with something you didn't know about. And if, and if I did, I would think that the internet made it up. So,
3: <laughs> I, I didn't guess Piglet because I already knew. That was a legitimate guess. I only knew vaguely that this had been a thing. Um, but I didn't know all of the details. So technically, I didn't really know about it. I just like that you still, he you, you, you gave me new things to know. Yeah. Oh, I did it.
0: I just, my, when it comes to Disney, my thought process is just uh, Sarah Cruz, smarter than the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: can give you all those true facts. Yeah. Man,
2: Hot I facts. would love to just, I, so there, there's like so many good YouTube videos about like, not conspiracy I can't think of the right term, but of like how all the movies like interconnect with each other. And then the theory that like the ship from Tangled is the shipwreck in uh, Little Mermaid and that it was the family going to the Tarzan place. I would love to do, or like if someone did a podcast or a YouTube video, just all of these like crazy I don't know, like I could talk about Pooh's presidential run forever. And just make <laughs> up bullshit around that. That sounds like the most fun thing in the world to me. Which is why well, I just did it. <laughs> Rip
0: <laughs> Rip is already starting on that uh that treatment, so hmm. that script treatment. So we'll get
2: we'll get the we'll get it rolling. We'll release that in chapters on our Insta story. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it'll be a new Patreon exclusive will be our our West Wing Winnie the Pooh Cereal. fanfic.
2: <laughs> oh my uh, gosh, what fun.
0: Right? And then um in case anyone was wondering, uh blazers were invented in 1825.
3: Oh, thank you. I have been wondering this whole time. The word
0: the word blazer, the term originated in uh in 1825 so
3: is this like is this sequel bait is this the equivalent of those bits at the end of marvel movies mm-hmm. to make you get to the next one this is, is, this a, this po- is yep. the next is episode screen. <laughs> it's screen
1: it's a cliffhanger so that means we'll see you later mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't do it right i didn't say it correctly because that's y'all's job
2: thank okay. you Rep. thank you
0: so much yeah this is us introducing thanos so that we can uh But Thanos Thanos is a sensible tweed blazer. Also,
2: I will give Um, a little, um, I will say that uh, chips and almonds are not a good podcasting snack. And I'm pretty sure I've been crunching throughout this entire episode. So I just wanted to apologize at the end to all of y'all. And if you're like, huh, that's what that was. That's what that was. I also you know, have a water okay. bottle I, with a lot of ice I, in it, so it's a little
1: rattly. I will probably edit all of that out, so <laughs> don't even worry about saying that. And also, too, there's no such thing as a podcast snack, because you shouldn't be snacking while podcasting, just saying.
2: Oh, I just got I in trouble. Do. Sorry, Dad.
1: <laughs> Y'all want to call me Pod Daddy that much, I'm going to act like a damn pod. Oh.
0: He's our pod father. Are they trying to make that a thing? Oh, yeah. We call him pod daddy all the time. Oh, Oh, no. When he uses that tone, he's our pod
2: father. Yeah, He's like, pod daddy was (laughs) my father. (laughs) The pod father. (laughs) (gasps) The pod father. Yeah, you do. Sarah, that's perfect.
0: (laughs) Anyway. uh, If... (laughs) If you have any uh, guesses as to what Cass will snack on during the podcast <laughs> at a future episode, or questions, corrections, or suggestions of what she could snack on, uh, you could uh, you could you could send those to our email at uh, sharedhistorypodcast at gmail or
2: you could um, DM us on our social meds on Instagram on Twitter at sharedpod.
0: And since uh, as we've established, podcasting is a visual medium um, <laughs> to help to help support that we'll post a lot of visual aids, uh, especially there's so many good, good, good picks and vids uh, that I want to that I want to make sure that we share uh, about about all of the Haunted Mansions and about our our man X and it's uh, going give it to you. And about uh, America's favorite son, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, so <laughs> we'll, we'll share all of those uh, on the Insta and uh, Twitter. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the podcast and for letting us regularly use you for your beautiful artwork.
3: Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to me ramble about the Haunted Mansion for like an hour.
0: Well, it was beautiful. You took us on a journey. But not Thank a you. but not a walking journey.
3: Okay. God. No, we were all sitting for this journey, <laughs> yes. which was incredible, trackless.
0: Uh, and on that note, we'll sign off as we always do. Share, Share you, you later.
1: later.
0: Oh boy, what an episode! <laughs> that was my mediocre Mickey. Cass and I want to thank Sarah one more time for coming on the podcast, sharing some Disney history, making our gorgeous illustrated logo, and making custom show art for this here episode. Sarah Cruz is a Chicago-based digital illustrator and animator. She works with me at local full-service animation studio, The Banditry Co. You can find out more about her, check out her work, and commission a custom illustration of your own on her website, sarahecruz.myportfolio.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-E-C-R-U-Z.myportfolio.com or on the old Instagram at Triceratops Cruise. That's at T-R-I-S-A-R-A-H-T-O-P-S underscore C-R-U-Z. Both of these are linked in the show notes. Check her out, give her a follow, and share you later.
1: Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.